Welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. Um, today, we're looking at Germany. Yes, we're going to be giving you a quick overview of everything you need to know if you are considering studying in Germany. Right, and um, Germany about, is a, an incredibly, uh, uh, obviously, one of the biggest countries in Europe. It must have a, a, a very broad spectrum of um, educational offerings uh, available. Yeah, it does. I mean, over 200 universities and colleges. And more good news, English is widely spoken in Germany. Although if you do go and study in Germany, it's probably a good idea to pick up a new language, i.e. some German. Um, but I suppose what probably interests our listeners more than uh, a look at the country is a look at the country's higher education system. So Germany has um, well, a deep history in, in uh, university education. Uh, I think uh, the first universities on earth were actually uh, founded in Germany, if I remember rightly. Um, uh, maybe that's arguable. Um, could you give us a quick overview of the system now today? I think the University of Bologna would probably argue with that one, but, ne- but never mind. Let's, let's leave that thought. Um, yes, you're quite right, Neil. I mean, Germany has a long, long and illustrious history of higher education, uh, yeah. science, in, in literature and music and many, many other fields. Um, but nowadays, uh, prospective students can choose really from... Uh, different types of universities in Germany. Okay. So we're just going to run quickly through and explain what these different types are. First of all, we have universities, and these, of course, offer a wide range of subjects, uh, and you can do both bachelor degrees and master's degrees and PhDs, etc. And some of these universities actually specialize. They're usually called something like Technische Universität or TU. So those are technical universities like the one in Munich, for example, or their colleges of education. Um, Some are very, very specific, like the Hanover Medical School. And then one of my favorites is the German Sports University in Cologne. And this is where they train... um, trainers and managers for the German Bundesliga and it's it's very high powered there yeah fantastic and we must say that you know German universities are extremely rigorous and challenging they are yes um we we come on to the sort of details of of what it would be like to be a student in a German university a little later on in this podcast episode um and then, so anyway, so the first category is universities. Uh, the okay. next category is University of Applied Sciences. They have a more practice-oriented academic approach. Uh, they focus more on the professional than the sort of purely theoretical. Um, but their range of subjects comprises specific fields such as technology, economics, social work, media, and many, many other things. And if you go to one of these um, you'll probably do a work placement or a longer project, which will sort of lead you into your professional life. However, I should emphasize that these are proper universities. You are. will get a bachelor's degree. And if you choose to go on and do a master's or a PhD after studying at, a, at one of these universities of applied sciences, then you're absolutely able to do so. And again, they're, they're, they're the place really the, the vast majority of 
German engineers are, are trained and and and, and specialists uh, 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 you know achieve their education. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think they they're highly recommended, and uh, a lot of people go on sure. as graduates to very successful careers. Indeed, and other types of uh, colleges or universities. Well, you've got colleges of art and music. These, of course, are are specialist ones. Um, where they train young musicians or perhaps even architects, you know, in, in the more creative design area. Um, but the, the admissions requirements, uh, obviously, they specify a specific talent. I mean, if you're going to study music, sure. obviously, you have to, be, uh, have to prove your worth uh, as a musician. And then the, the next category, the final one, which often gets overlooked, these are universities of cooperative education. Now, this is an interesting one because they're relatively new. And this is where they have a dual study program, which combines academic studies with vocational training or practical phases in the company. Um, I was talking to a a friend of mine who actually headed up one of these institutions, uh, both in Austria and in Germany. And he was explaining to me that students come and they do maybe, for example, two or three days a week at the university and two or three days a week in the company. So the whole thing sort of runs along simultaneously. Obviously, there are, there, are, there are many ways that these could be organised, but that's that's the gist of, of how they function. And they offer courses in English? Um, not that I know of, okay. but I haven't checked that one. Yeah. Right. So that's for German speakers uh, primarily? Yeah, be- yeah, because you're going to have to go out into a company, and that probably means you're going to have to have uh, some sort of level of German language proficiency. Okay. Um, all right, so thank you for the overview. I think we've got a good idea um, uh, of the kind of things that are on offer. Um, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, more and more courses are offering, uh, uh, access to English speakers. Um, what are the general entry requirements, um, to these courses? Yeah, well, that's an excellent question, Neil. Um, obviously students come from all over the world to study in Germany and okay. later on you, we're going to, uh, flag up one of the main reasons why, um, yeah, you will have to go onto a website. It's called daad.de. And right. in, that, in that website, you can check whether your country's school leaving certificates are uh, accredited and properly recognized by German universities. Okay. Obviously, there are dozens or hundreds of them. And, and language uh, requirements? Well, if you want to study in, uh, on a course that's taught in German, uh, clearly you're going to have to pr- prove your, your German uh, proficiency. This will be language level C1. C1, um, that's pretty high, isn't it? It's pretty high. It used to be B2. Uh, yes, exactly. Most places have upped it in the last two, three, four years, and it's C1. It's a pretty okay. high level, yeah, it is. Yeah, and C1 is, um, for those people who don't know, that's... Uh, it's a, as I say, a very high level of fluency, um, and uh, you know, if, if you're thinking of studying in German, you need to be then uh, a pretty fluent German speaker in order to achieve that level. Interestingly enough, in case you have not yet learned German or, or you haven't got to C1 level, most German universities offer a sort of a, a one-year intensive program that you yeah. can come and do that program and assuming that you pass at the end, then you're allowed to uh, move into a, um, a bachelor's degree program okay. that's taught in German. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah. And if it, the course is offered in English? 
Well, you will have to provide uh, proof of English language proficiency uh, in most cases, unless, of course, you're a native speaker of English. Right. And 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 I know personally that there are a lot of um, master's degrees offered in English um, yes. uh, in Germany, pretty much universally. It's an extraordinary uh, uh, choice of uh, English language master's degrees. What's the situation for bachelor's courses then? Actually, not so many. Um, having said that, there's still over 200 bachelor courses taught in English. Um, right. But you're quite right. There are far more master's programs. So if you are... Um, still in school or perhaps studying for a bachelor program somewhere in the world, uh, you can keep that thought in the back of your minds that you, you will have a large choice if you choose to go and study for a master's in Germany. Yeah, I mean, you know, 200 bachelor's programs in English sounds like a lot, but Germany is a, Germany is a huge country. Um, yes. And uh, so uh, not that many, I guess. Uh, not compared to the size of the country. I mean, if you were to compare it with one of its neighboring countries, the Netherlands, uh, they have sort of, you know, more than double that number of courses, although the country is far, far smaller. But okay. nevertheless, 200 courses is still 200 courses. Sure, and, exactly. Uh, you, can, you can find something there. You can indeed. And what, you know, what subjects do we cover? You know, can you do medicine, for example, in English? I guess not. Uh, no. <laughs> um, as in many cases, medicine is taught in the national language, in this case German, and it's extremely competitive, so be warned. A lot of, a lot of young Germans um, have to wait around for five, six, seven semesters before they're taken into a Completely. medical program. Or they go and study in, in Czech Republic or, or um, in uh, Hungary. Uh, in order to yeah. get in because it's just too challenging to get in in Germany. Or they come to Austria because, of course, it's the same language, so that's an easy move for them, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Um, so medicine, no. And I guess, um, you know, most of the, the sort of law and engineering as well is taught in, in German, I guess. Well, that's an interesting one. Law, certainly, because, of course, German law is written in German. Engineering, however, um, there are some universities wow. teaching engineering in German. Um, okay. There's the, Car the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology. This is sort of a semi-private one, um, but they have a very good reputation. Um, and then there are some other engineering universities or Fachhochschule, University of Applied Sciences, um, offering that in English. Um, so if you shop around, you will be able to find an engineering program. Um, the country's very, very top engineering universities, like the Technical University in Aachen, for example, uh, they're teaching in German. Right, indeed. And business, I guess that's a mixed picture. Uh, yes, there's, there's always plenty of business courses around. And yes, you can find business courses taught in English in Germany. Okay, and where do I source all of these um, English uh, courses? Is that the same website you it's mentioned? It's the same earlier? website, what yes. Like, like, what was it called? Dad or Daddy or...? <laughs> Almost D A A D. So like dad, dad, and then dot D E D E for Deutschland for Germany. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. And and you know, uh, uh, do these universities have internships? How how are they structured? Uh, yes, some of them have internships and some don't. Uh, it's the usual pic mixed picture, I would say. So you need you need to shop around. If doing an internship is important to you, then you will be able to find a university that has internships, but you just have to look. And exchange programs the same, I guess. Same applies for exchange programs, yes. Okay, so we've got 
a big country, courses scattered around the country. Um, nice, easy application process, uh, centralised like um, the Common App or UCAS or something a little bit more complicated, perhaps. Alas, no, Neil. It is not just a little bit more complicated. I would say it's a lot more complicated. So In you... fact, it's one of the most complicated uh, 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 places to apply to, I imagine, because of the diversity of German in, in its federal system. Don't worry, Neil. That's what this podcast episode is for, to, uh, to make the complicated less complicated for all you listeners out there. Okay. And I think it's really important for, for, for people who don't know Germany to understand that although Germany is a, a country, um, it, it has uh, very distinct parts uh, to it. And each uh, state within the, uh, uh, the country of Germany have very different rules and regulations, don't they? And they do, yes. Uh, there are actually 16 federal states, of course, and uh, education is a responsibility of each federal state. So you can pretty much figure out that they're going to have different rules and regulations. However, there, there are certain things which we can say are you know, right across the whole country. But let's sort of uh, take a look at these one by one. Okay. Um, yeah. So... Does the subject that you are applying for have restrictions on admissions? Well, okay. if it does and you meet the general requirements, you will frequently not be able to enroll directly. For many degree programs in Germany, there are more prospective students than study places. Right. So applicants first have to take an, uh, an admissions procedure. And there are two types of admission restrictions, those which are determined locally which means they only apply at certain uh, universities and those that apply throughout Germany. Now, if your intended degree program has no admission restrictions, you can just enroll. Perfect. That's the easy part. So hang on, now, hang on, hang on. now I need to ask you some questions here because I didn't. Okay, so, okay. So you've got, so you, you've got different layers of, of um, controls. Is that right? You, you do indeed. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to sort of dip into these layers. Okay. Um, the first one is called Germany-wide admission restrictions or central numerous clauses. Oh, I've it's heard about this numerous clauses. This is basically um, specifying the kind of grade that's required in order to get into the, into the course, is it not? Yes, it does. I mean, degree programs such as medicine, pharmacy, vet med, dentistry are so popular that admissions restrictions apply to all German universities. Right. Uh, and study places are awarded through the uh, Foundation for University Admissions for applicants from Germany and from other EU countries. And so okay. that is what we call uh, central numerous clauses or central and that would be numerous clauses. Germany saying you need to get this grade or the equivalent, the German grade, in order to be considered for a place. Is that right? More or less, yes. Right, okay. And, and then we can move on to local numerous clauses or local numerous clauses. Okay. So some degree programs only have admission restrictions at particular universities. So in addition to an overall average grade, the universities can specify further criteria. For example, they might want a letter of motivation from you or a test or an interview. Now, 
Unsurprisingly, these criteria differ from one institution to another and from one subject to another. So if you're mighty confused already, my tip is contact the international office at the university you intend to apply to and ask them for information. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. So we have the big picture, which I sort of understand is um, if you want to be a doctor, you need to get, I don't know, uh, 99.97% in your exams or whatever it is uh, uh, in order to filter out uh, at, the, at the global level. But um, universities also have the right to, to uh, set admissions criteria and not just universities, but also specific courses within those universities at the uh, local level. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Yes. So it is okay. something about having a mixed picture. So now we come on to the bit like, where do you apply? Right. Okay. So we're going to look at the, the two major categories, the central numerous clauses or the central one. Right. And then we, then we go on and talk about the local or local numerous clauses. Okay. So right. let's start with the central numerous clauses. Now it does depend on your nationality. If you are an EU citizen or EEA, then you apply through a website called hochschulstart.de. Okay, let me okay. just get the, the, these are for people. This place you go to are for people who are applying for courses that are centrally controlled. So they are yes. uh, classically um, medicine, vet, those those kind of uh, courses. Is that right? Yes, and these people are EU or EEA citizens. Okay, and they, and you, or, they you go, to, go the, to that place. Hochschulstart.de. Right. Okay? okay. Now, if you are applying for the same program, the Central Numerous Clauses program, and you are not an EU or EEA citizen, so international right. students, you will apply direct to your chosen university. Okay. So, so. EU go to Hochschulstart, and everybody else goes direct to their university. That's the central. Out, sorry, how do you find out yeah. um, which subjects are? a part of this central numerous clauses system? Um, you have to go onto the university website. Uh, you'll also find that information on the DAAD website. Ah, uh, okay. Right, got it. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then we go to these local variants? Okay, the local numerous clauses or local ones. Um, the EU and EEA apply through Hochschulstart again. Okay. Or or direct to the university. And you need to contact the university and ask them which they uh, allow or prefer. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, if you are an international student um, and you're going to apply for a local numerous clauses or one that has no restrictions at all, then as an international student, you have to find out if your university is a member of uniassist.de and apply there. And if your university is not a member of UniAssist, then you apply direct to the university. So that's all clear then, Neil, right? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> on, the, on the desk right now, um, uh, Jeremy. Um, but your, your really important tip was the one that, that I think people should bear in mind, which is go and look for a course that you like the look of. And if you like the look of it, get in touch with the university's uh, uh, people, international office. Is that, yes. is, that, is that, you know, the way forwards? Absolutely. Get in touch right. with the international office at the university you're thinking of applying to. Um, the DAAD website, the one we've been talking about, uh, right. is also a very good, a good source as well. Because 
Obviously, us talking to you like this, it's quite difficult to follow. But if sure. you go on the TAAD website, you can read all of this, and hopefully okay. it will be clear. And what percentage of these of German courses um, uh, 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 you are know, uh, covered by numerous clauses by these restrictions, and how many can you just apply for? Um, you can apply for any number, but of course, um, no one no, really I mean, knows in it. terms of, uh, you know, that you mentioned that there are courses that aren't uh, controlled in this manner. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Um, the majority of courses are open, like no numerous clauses. But right. the sort of more popular ones that we've just been mentioning, like medicine and pharmacy, etc., they're all going to have numerous clauses either. Right, but the majority of other courses are not, right? It, yeah, correct. And and what does that mean for an international student? You just have to meet the uh, minimum requirements, or or what does that mean? Uh, yes, you you have to check that your school leaving certificate, whatever that might be, is uh, valid and recognised in Germany. And again, you do that through the DAAD right. website. But, but if it is, then theoretically is, you can get a place. Yes. Okay. Yep. And and is that limited by the number of spaces available at that course, or is that is that unlimited? No, in theory, it's unlimited. You just go. Okay. Well, yeah. okay. There yeah. we go. So at one level, really complicated. On another <laughs> level, really quite simple. Yes, but you have to find out which level you're at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's drill into that. I mean, you know, documents okay. needed. Oh, my right. goodness. Come on. All right. Again, the international office at the university or, uh, is, is a wonderful place to go with your questions. And they will tell you about the application process, which documents have to be submitted. Uh, the application form is available from your chosen university. Sure. It might be available on UniAssist and so on. So, and the great thing a... about um, these people in these international offices is that they'll speak great English, won't they? Um, they will, uh, yes. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Um, as a general rule, you'll need the following documents. An officially certified copy of your higher education entrance qualification, which, of course, is your end of school exams like IB, A-level, baccalaureate, whatever it happens to be. Ah, so um, you need that first, really? Yeah, you'll, you'll need that. And then you have to have an overview of your subjects and grades with the official translation. Now, most German universities will accept documents in, in French and English, okay? Right. Um, but if your documents are not in German, French, or English, then you're going to have to have a, a certified translation. Okay. Um, again, the obvious thing, like your photo page of your passport um, and a photograph of yourself, passport size, which they're going to use on documents that they generate for you. With a big smile, not allowed to uh, smile. No, no, you have to look fairly grim. Um, I'm looking and grim. Okay. Certified copies of language certificates. Um, obviously, if you're going to apply for a course that's taught in German, you're going to have to have that uh, German language certificate. And you may also have to have one for a course taught in English if English is not your right. uh, native, native language. And when we talk certified, we really do mean certified, don't we? The Germans oh, we, oh, are we really do. For, they for are... <laughs> documents and certification. There is a wonderful phrase in German, Stempel. Alice muss gestempelt werden, which means oh, everything yeah. has to be stamped. And those of us like Neil and I who've lived in Germany, we know this from bits of experience and hours and hours spent in government offices with bits of paper. And if you don't get exactly what they want, it'll be rejected. <laughs> so uh, that list that you, you um, 
said to us is uh, it's important that you understand that there's there's uh, no flexibility really. You you do it, you get it, you get the stamp, and it's automatic. But if you don't do it, then Yes. Um, Again, I think you really need to talk to the international office of your university because they will be able to help you in English as well. Are there any standardized deadlines for this whole process? Um, At most universities, the application phase for the winter semester, that's the one that starts September, October. Um, It's not exactly the same at each university, but it's typically from early May and it ends on the 15th of July. So you need to be applying during that window of time. Okay. If you're going to I... apply, if you're going to apply for the summer semester, that's the one that starts in March or April, then the application period runs from December to the fifteenth of January. Okay, but most that's students, of course, in, in Germany, is it? Um, not in all courses or all universities, but it's fairly widespread. I would say that you are able to start, you know, basically what we would call halfway through an academic year, so in, into okay. the uh, summer semester. Right. And so um, later applications than perhaps um, uh, for other um, locations around the world? Yes. I mean, assuming that you're going to start in September, October, then you're going to have to have your applications in during the summer, really, May, June, early July, that time. Right. And and I guess that means waiting for your your grades to come through. If you're taking yes. A-levels... Um, I guess that timeline is a little bit tricky because the results uh, of A-levels come out uh, quite late, don't they? Yes, you just have to send them in as and when they become available. Right, and there, but there's that flexibility um, yes, in yes, the process. I mean, obviously, okay. they understand that not all national systems have the results by the 15th of July. Right. Now, many people listening to this will, will inevitably in, be interested in the... Um, uh, in the highly demanded courses, um, the so-called central numerous clauses uh, programs, uh, have you got any top tips for getting in uh, to one of these courses? Um, yes, I do actually, Neil. Um, oh. Submit mul- submit multiple applications, i.e., apply to many different universities. Don't okay. just put all your don't put all your eggs in one basket in case that university says no. And here's a really good tip. Um, I was looking around doing some research on this recently and choose less popular locations. Now, what is a less popular location? Well, of course, foreign students uh, tend to know about the big cities like Berlin and Munich and Hamburg and Frankfurt, places like that. But there are some excellent universities in smaller towns around Germany with top quality facilities, especially in the east the former East Germany, places like Leipzig has a very long and illustrious history as a university dating back to the Middle Ages, Um, but it is in former East Germany. Um, So have a look at the the slightly less popular locations. And and to provide um, context there, you know, many of uh, recent history when when the Iron Curtain was there and uh, uh, Germany was a divided country. um, and, uh, And so... Um, people from the west of Germany tend to still think of studying in the west. Um, and so uh, the East German universities are perhaps a little less uh, 
subscribed than than the ones uh, in Hamburg or in 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 Munich. Is that right? I think certainly for some subjects, although if we're talking about numerous clauses, medicine and pharmacy, those sort of sure. things, then they're, they're going to have a lot of applicants. But I've actually been to visit Leipzig University. Leipzig is a lovely city. They've invested a lot of money in the city. Uh, it's, it's quite a sort of a, a hub of technology and industry. Cheers. And it's a very nice university. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, and, and oh I've got thing, one, I guess, one, uh, more, one more tip on. for you, Neil. One more tip before on, we move on. We like tips. Yeah, good. Uh, start in the summer semester because fewer people apply to start in the summer as opposed to the... What do you opposite. mean by summer semester? What does that well, mean? Well, the, the summer semester is the one that sort of starts March, April ah, and, and okay. runs through the summer. Most people, of course, start September, October, at the beginning of what we consider to be a normal academic year. Um, but there are far fewer people applying to start in the, well, what is effectively the second semester. So it basically so, means take half year off, get your grades. Let's imagine you get your, your grades, uh, take a half a year off and, and apply for basically March uh, time. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, so I think I've got a pretty good picture of um, uh, the opportunity there. Um uh, how difficult is it to get a visa to study in Germany? It's not difficult, uh, but of course there is some paperwork and bureaucracy involved. Um, in order to enter Germany, uh, depending on your nationality, you will need a visa or not, as the case may be. But let's look, first of all, at citizens who can enter Germany without a visa. Well, obviously all EU citizens. Sure. And then we've got citizens of Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway and Switzerland. Right. And, and they're but, the um, e, EA e, countries. E, yes. Uh, however, as soon as you've found accommodation, you need to make an appointment with the Einwohnermelderamt or the residence registration office in your town. And you're going to have to go along there and do some paperwork. Now, if you come from Australia, Canada, Britain, Israel, Japan, New Zealand, South Korea, or the United States, you can also enter Germany without a visa. Okay. Uh, but if you stay more than three months, again, you're going to have to get a residence permit. And this can be done at the local foreigners' authority or Ausländeramt. Okay, so you so, can, as a student, turn up if you've got those passports and yeah. then do it later, can you? You can, yes. Ah, okay, um, so that's different to America, for example, or, or Canada. Yeah, um, but in any case, you should really uh, contact the German embassy in yeah, your own I mean, country for further information about this, because you, you, you don't want to get this wrong, otherwise you're going to get thrown out and have to go through the whole thing again. No, um, dude. So I would always recommend you contact the embassy in, in your home country. Okay. Now, now we, we've just been talking about people who are legally allowed to enter without a visa. Now, of course, there are a lot of people um, who need to enter Germany with a visa. Um, so they need to apply for a visa at the German embassy in their own country. Right. And that's sort of the regular process. And it varies depending on the country and, yeah, uh, and, and your nationality and uh, your you know top tip uh, piece of advice really applies here i guess yeah i mean if you've already been accepted to a university you can apply for a student visa and if not you just uh, apply for a prospective visa which is valid for three months and then of course 
um, you're going to have to apply for the full visa later on as soon as you get the acceptance letter. It's okay. really a question of how the timeline pans out for you. But the German embassy in your country will advise you and help you with this. Start early. Always start early because these things have a nasty habit of uh, dragging on a little longer than you would wish. Especially um, if you're looking for paperwork. Especially. I mean, the sort of documents you're going to require, obviously a valid passport. You're going to have to have proof of health insurance before you go to Germany to study um, if you are uh, a non-EU citizen here. EU citizens are going to have an EU health cover anyway from their own EU country. Um, proof of sufficient funds or money to support yourself. Um, records of previous study and language skills, because if you're going to study in Germany, you've got to have this certificate saying you'll see one level. Sure. A, a letter of acceptance from the university. Um, yeah, all of those things you're going to have to have. And don't come in on a tourist visa, I guess. No, no, don't do that. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Never a good idea. <laughs> Never a good like idea. It. Okay, it doesn't no, matter whether you're in Canada, America, Australia, do not come in on a tourist visa and then expect to get uh, switched over. It's not that no, simple. It, no, it's not. And you can't actually convert a tourist visa to a student visa. In fact, okay. in some cases, you probably have to leave Germany go back to your home country and start the whole thing again. And you really don't want to do that, especially as the clock is ticking and your first lecture is Indeed. looming and, and you won't be ready to attend it. So just ask your German, local German embassy in, in your home country for guidance and advice. Now, something that everyone who's lived in Germany has to understand is that you have to register yourself in the location that you yes. are living. Um, and that's dependent... Um, well, for everybody has to do it, even Germans. Everybody, have to do it even Germans, yes. Um, yeah. And so, it's uh, for someone that comes from the UK like I do. That was a that was a shock <laughs> uh, to, to 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 have to go and say I'm actually living in this space in this place. But but everyone, Germans, EU citizens, um, non-EU citizens, have to be registered uh, to prove that they live in a specific location. And that varies, doesn't it, uh, uh, from um, uh, sort of status to status, how you do that? Yes, I mean, typically you, you will have to go to the Einwohnermelderamt, which means Residence <laughs> Registration Office. Right. And then you just register yourself. Um, okay. If you're not an EU citizen, you also have to report to the Auslanderbehörde or Foreigner's Office and apply for your residence permit. And, and then you have to go through all the paperwork. So um, the documents you need, you're going to have to have a passport with a visa where required, uh, a certificate of matriculation from your higher education institute, which means right. you're going to have to have a piece of paper from the university, a registration certificate, uh, proof of sufficient funds, health insurance, cash for the fee. Germans still use cash, I'm afraid. Uh, I do. It's 110 euros. And probably a passport photograph proof where you're living, health certificate. There's, there's a whole list of things you're going to need. Sorry okay, about it, this. It but sounds daunting, but in reality, uh, it's a relatively smooth process, isn't it? And uh, it's one of those things that, that everyone jokes about. And, and you, you have to do it. You have to do it once. But once you're through it, then life is, life is easy in Germany. Yeah? And now we've been bashing our listeners with all this. I think it's time to give them some good news, Neil. What do you Hold think? Hold on. Hang on a minute. I think that it requires something else. It requires... I'm not one of your famous drum rolls, is it? I think so. Here we go. Okay. All right. Oh, we got it coming. 
So what's the good news, it's, Jeremy? It's free. Ba, 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 it is free. Now, like just, it doesn't does cost mean? any money. It means it doesn't cost you any money. Oh, my goodness me. You mean I know. no money? And that's for everybody? It doesn't matter what nationality you are. You can study at university in Germany for free. Oh, my goodness me. That is incredible, but, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you have to pay for most, food, don't you? And your well, housing and, and your food and housing, and yeah, yeah. All of those yeah. things. But, but in terms of tuition, it's all it's subsidized a, by it's a sweet, the government. It's a sweet deal. By the now, way, there is one... private universities, does it? Um, sorry, I couldn't hear you. That doesn't include private universities, though. Oh, sorry, private universities. Uh, no, we're only talking about government-run universities. Okay. Um, so... There are actually two countries um, which offer this free deal to everybody. That's Germany, we've just been mentioning, and Norway. Right. So there it is. Uh, there you go. Not, there not you go. At all. But of course, living in Germany has its costs um, attached. Yes. Uh, um, and and the private universities um, uh, are also uh, uh, going to cost. Uh, how much does it cost to live in Germany generally? Is, how long is a piece of string? Is the is well, it the, is really. I mean, you, you probably have to budget for about nine hundred a month, and that that would cover your rent, travel, food, bits and pieces, health insurance. Okay. In, and um, in terms of work, EU citizens can just work, I guess. Yeah, EU citizens um, can work, unrestricted right to work. Uh, sure. International students are allowed to work 120 full days a year or 240 half days a year. Okay, so pretty much whatever you want to do if you're studying. It is really, yeah, because if you're busy studying, you probably won't have time to do more than that anyway. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> So Germany sounds uh, pretty attractive. Quality education, um, free of charge, amazing. Uh, the right to work uh, and earn money in a in a high earning environment uh, for lots of international students. Uh, uh, a dream combination. Do you have any final tips, Jeremy, um, for students thinking about applying uh, to study in Germany? Yeah, I think my final tip really is uh, if you're on a tight budget, then obviously you need to look at Germany because, as we've already said, it's free. At least the tuition fees are free um, and the living costs, if you follow some of the advice we've just given in terms of, of seeking out cheaper locations, perhaps smaller towns, um, then you can actually manage on a, on a reasonable budget as a student. Um, the application process, I know it's quite complicated, but I think... The best advice is that you contact your university, the international office, and ask them to guide you. Also, have a look again at the website, the DAAG, because that actually sets it out quite clearly. Fantastic. So thank you so much for this episode. Uh, something I've learned a lot through uh, uh, taking a look at uh, uh, studying in Germany. Um, we haven't spent much time looking at the private universities, but uh, perhaps we'll do another a follow-up episode there on on some of those options because uh, uh, they offer a, a, a lot, and, and private universities are growing uh, in the uh, uh, the German uh, uh, federal states, aren't they? They are, yes, um, especially in in certain niche areas like uh, business is is, is a good example. Indeed. Okay. Um, so I know you're in Germany right now, and uh, it looks I like am, the evening yes. is approaching, which means, yep. uh, and I know that you um, 
you know, my wife is from the south, obviously, the southern Germany, <laughs> the better bit, as my wife would say. But you're <laughs> up north. Um, uh, what kind of beer are you going to uh, drink uh, this evening? Well, I'm not actually in the north as such. I'm more in the west. Um, I'm living quite close to the city of Cologne, which is near the Dutch Anything border. Anything north of Munich is north, uh, where, where uh, my wife comes from. I guess it is. It's a matter of perception, really. Um, <laughs> Germany, of course, is very famous for beer. And uh, and they there are beers which you can buy across the whole country, but it's more a regional thing, I would say, beer in Germany. Oh, I think and so. in, in, in our region, we have something called Kölsch, which right. is from the city of Cologne. And that's what most people here drink. Ugh, yuck. Now, you, could, I mean, <laughs> it, you wouldn't even be able to buy it where, where uh, we have. Um, uh, uh, they, would, they would look at you as, with disdain if you went near a bottle. I'm sure there is one on the shelf somewhere, but no, 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 no. Anyway, enjoy your beer, Jeremy. Thank you Thank so you much, much for your time. Uh, I learned an awful lot today. And um, uh, till the next one. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and share the Find Your Best Future podcast.